3: and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This
2: is the Craig Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VZEN, the
4: sports
5: betting network.
4: It is hour number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN. The Sports Bank Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you as we're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Justin Perry. He does a great job over at Shock Quality Bets. We're going to be chatting with him about what we are all seeing in college basketball, what to make out of some of these big, giant favorites going down in a fiery heap, and we're also going to be talking with him a little bit of football as well. He does a little bit of football handicapping, you may recall, from the summertime as well. He did a great job of being able to help me out, taking a look at the game of baseball. So he does a little bit of everything. He's going to be joining me in 15 minutes, so we are going to have a good time with that. And hour number three, I'm also going to be giving you guys my Circa Millions card for this week, and I'm going to be taking it through how I'm going to be trying to narrow it down because it's a very tough call. I decided to not take the Jets and the Jaguars game, which was a good thing because I had a little bit of a lean to the Jets. It was not very strong whatsoever. Decided to stay off. And, well, I want a little bit more time to take a look at one of the the strangest cards that we've ever seen. We were talking about it in our number one, Rob Zola. Very strange to take a look at the NFL and be like, oh, that's an Army-Navy total. Oh, that's this year's Army-Navy total. Oh, that's last year's Army-Navy total. And it's just all across the board. You've got a lot of weather games that are going to be going down. And it should lead to some pedestrian play but also do keep in mind that while the offenses are going to be affected the defenses are going to be a little bit as well and trying to maneuver all that it is going to be a work of art this this week so we're going to be touching upon that and so much more here in the back of the show with anthony dubundo as well he's going to join me in our number three over at action network and I'm always joined by a great cast that helps out on the Greg Peterson experience. It has my show on the front of it, and you hear me in the mic, but it takes a lot of people to be able to make things work, like my wonderful producer, Jason Kahn. He is the man that books all these guests. He does an amazing job of keeping me in line, too. I mean, imagine what sort of test that would be. I would not want to be tasked with that personally. And fortunately, Jason... He does a great job there. You've got everything on screen. If you're watching on Visa.com, if you're watching on YouTube TV, what have you, that'd be Jeremy. He's a man from the Midwest, like, much like myself. He does absolutely amazing work there. And for Jeremy, Chicago State was able to get a cover today. So that makes us all very, very happy. Are always happy to have Taylor on the ones and twos. He does a great job with all the audio. If you're listening on terrestrial radio, the R radio app, we got you covered there. And if you ever miss anything of the Greg Peterson experience or really any show here on Visa, whether that be Follow the Money, a Numbers Game, Visa Prime Time, you're able to go down the list of all the shows. Visa.com/slash/podcast for all of those, or wherever you subscribe for your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You're able to go down the list. That is Sean. That is in charge of all of that. So. Now I've got to hold up my end of the bargain and try to find you guys a winner on this college basketball board for Friday with the DK and pick, which we've gotten hot again. We're at five wins in a row in segment number one. We saw the Southern Miss versus UNLV under come through. Thank goodness that differential was 11 and not nine because he might have gotten some extra fouling. Fortunately, there was no late game fouling, so we were able to get there on that one and Hopefully, we do see some points in this game as we go 306 775. 306 776. It is George Mason and old George. Apparently, he's deciding to go one on five with a bunch of compensate Eagles, and he has to lay between 11 and a half and 12 and a half points. That doesn't seem fair in a one on five battle. And your total on this game is 147 and half. Fortunately, it looks like George Mason will not have to play this game all by himself, and he will actually have players helping him out in this game. And with George Mason. I did set them as a nine point favorite. So I'm going to be willing to take the points with compensate compensate has played just a bunch of road games. They, I believe that this is road game number 12 for them this year. So this is a team that is not backed away from a challenge. So I give them a little bit of credit. They play a bunch of buy games. You're going to see this from a lot of schools out there in the Southland, the MIAC, the SWAC. insert your small conference here. They play a lot of these buy games and this is just another one in the string for them, but what I'm going to be taking a look at with my write-up is going to be the total. And I like it over. I set my total at 153.5 because you've got a compensate team that has been frenetic with their pace. They are eighth in all of college basketball in terms of total possessions per game. And with this compensate bunch, they've got one of the top scorers in all of college basketball. His name is Sam Sessions. Sam Sessions was so good that he was able to put up double figures in the Big Ten last season. He was one of the main scorers for Penn State. He has come into to compensate, and he has been a lightning rod for this team. He is scoring 24 points per game. He has put up at least 22 points in each out of the last seven games, and he has scored at least 16 points in every single game this season. It's a big reason why you've got a compensate punch that they have scored at least 67 points in every single one of their games since their season opener against Charlotte, a Charlotte team that is in the bottom ten in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game, so they were playing at a super duper slow pace. And you've got also a Kaposi punch, and they've got a little bit around them. You've got Nenda Tark, who's been able to give you fifteen points, five boards. He's able to do a good job of be able to generate some steals. I like the way that he's been able to perform for this team. Mikey Hood was able to emerge for double figures, and with Kaposi. They just have been playing some very insane games because they have scored now at least 71 points in, I believe, each of their last six games might actually be each of their last seven. They're coming off of scoring 107 against James Madison. I don't think we're going to quite get 107, but they've done it against good teams. I mean, they put 79 up on the board against Maryland. Against NC State, they were able to put 72 up on the board. And in those games, they gave up north of 90 in both of those as well. So this bunch is really playing at a warp speed right now. And you've got a George Mason team that they themselves have been able to put up 72 plus points in five out of their last seven games. They're not fast, but they're not slow. They're right around 210th in the country in terms of possessions per game. And it's a George Mason team that, I mean, they're not terrible on defense. They're not great on defense. They're about 135th in all of college basketball. When it comes to points scored on a per possession basis, Joshua Duro should be able to win the battle down low for them able to give the team 13 points, about 5.5 to 6 rebounds per game. Shoots in the mid-30s for three-point range. And then Devontae Gaines, he's been able to give you 6.5 rebounds per game. But Compensate not getting completely dominated on the glass because the biggest knock that you have on this Compensate team is that they don't necessarily have ideal size. That is going to be big for them to be able to hold in this game. And you got a George Mason team that they themselves have given up at least 73 points in now three out of their last five games. So I do think that that is going to be a little bit of an issue for the Patriots moving forward. George Mason also coming off of a very strange game of which they lost at the buzzer to Old Dominion pretty much. and had a four-point lead with 15 seconds left. Guess who had the money line in that game? And yeah, that was not fun to say the least. But also for George Mason, they don't generate turnovers. 3.9 steals per game is one of the lowest marks that you're going to find in all of college basketball. That means clean possessions for a Compensate team that's out there running and gunning it. And for Compensate, 341st. In all of college basketball, in terms of points scored on a per possession basis, they're giving up 86.9 points per game. Points are going to be a plenty in this spot. I set my total at a 153.5, so we're getting 147.5. My write up that is on the over, and I do think that compensate is going to be able to hang in there. I pretty much anything of double digits, even a 9.5, I'm willing to take the points with compensate, made this line nine, and my write up that is going to be centered around the over. Now, We've got a few lines up in terms of the first two games that we're going to be seeing from the Sands Sheriff Center on Friday. This is a part of the Diamond Egg Classic, the Hawaii versus Pepperdine game that's going on as I do this right now. Hawaii's up 14 points with eight minutes remaining. For the sake of one of my bets, hopefully we can get Pepperdine to climb back in it you got to figure that Hawaii is probably going to be able to get the job done, but we currently don't have any numbers up on that one. But that said, we do have some openers in terms of Iona versus Seattle and SMU versus Utah State. We'll go with the opening game first, and then in our number three, we'll be hitting upon that SMU versus Utah State game. Might throw that out there to Justin Perry as well, but let's take a look at 879, 880 on the board. This is going to lead things off from Hawaii. Seattle, they're playing against Iona, with Iona being an 8.5 point favorite, and your on this game is 146.5 And, a half, and This is a line in which I made Iona a six point favorite. Iona has good news in that they've got Quince Niski back in the fold. He transferred out of Louisville to this program and he's someone that stands right around six foot nine. He's able to pop threes at a mid thirties clip and able to pump in there about 12 to 13 points per game. But the defense ever since he has gotten back into the fold, it's been a little bit less than terrific. Now, the two opponents that they have played have been SMU and New Mexico, and New Mexico is one of the better offenses that you're going to find in all of college basketball. So a little bit unfair to base it off of that small of a sample size, but that's it. This is also a um, Iona team that prior to them going out, they were really doing a solid job on defense on allowing more than 70 points in any sort of a game. In the month of December and ever since then it has been climbing a little bit more northward so you want to be taking note of that and then when it comes to the Seattle team they've got one of the better scores that you're going to find in all of college basketball and his name is Cam Tyson. Cam Tyson has been absolutely terrific this season. He's been able to give you 20 points per game. He can sometimes be a little bit mess. We have seen that on display a few times, that game that he had against Oregon State. That was far from terrific, but I do like his overall game. I do think the big key here for Seattle staying in there is Riley Grigsby. Riley Grigsby has been shooting below 30% from three-point range this season. I go back to two seasons ago, and he was absolutely terrific for this team. He was putting up 18 points, five boards, about a steal per contest while shooting 38.5% from three-part range. It's been going a little bit downward since then, but I do think that even though Iona's going to have the battle on the glass one, you've got Barrick Jean-Louis, he's been able to do a solid job of be able to give you about a block and a half per contest. He's someone that is able to contribute in a wide variety of ways for the team for a defense that by and large has been relatively solid, and then you've also got someone that's able to give you right around 13.5 points per game, and Nelly Jr. Joseph, that is going to be leading to a little bit of a rough ordeal for Seattle. But I do think that Seattle going to be able to do an okay job on the glass. You've got someone that's able to give you right around five boards per game in Emeka Odeni. Now, he was a little bit banged up. That could lead to some more minutes for Victor Rakovich, who's been able to give you about five points, three boards. I honestly think that he's not any worse than Emeka Odeni. If he is out of the fold, then Brandon Chartfield is able to give you about seven points. Four and a half rebounds per game. Paris Dawson, he's coming off of a goose egg. He was coming off of injury. I think that he's going to be able to ramp it up from here. Set my total at a 144. Both of these teams, relatively mid-tempo teams. And at back-to-back, I do think that the legs are going to be a little bit more tired, so I'm going to be looking at the under, and I've made Iona a six-point favorite. Haven't liked what I've seen out of them recently, so I'm going to be willing to take the points. And coming up next, we're going to take more of a look at college basketball with our good friend Justin Perry of Shot Quality Bets, here on the Great peterson Experience on v the Sports Bank Network.
3: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're
2: experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on FSN, the sports betting
5: network.
4: Raise your tequila and your game. Join the Taste of Victory Challenge presented by Sincoro Tequila and compete for free for your share of $15,000 in total cash prizes. Enter into this three-part prediction pool series and make your hoops prediction to shoot for a share of cash. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash now to get in on the action. Sincoro Tequila. Life well played, 21 years or older, terms of conditions and other eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See DraftKings.com for details, and as per usual, please do drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by this man. It's Justin Perry. He does great work over there at Shock Quality Bets. We're going to be talking with him a little college basketball, and we've got a little bit of football as well because, well, it's got what it is, the college basketball card. It is a little bit bare for Friday, and it's going to be a little bit of a nice refresher for both of us. And, Justin, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey Greg, always a
5: pleasure to join the show. Excited to talk a little hoops, a little football. It's uh, you know, it's around that time where everything's happening at once. The last week and a half of sports have been mag- nothing short of magnificent, honestly. So uh, excited to take a little bit of a break. It's been hard to keep track of everything, especially on the college basketball court. You got you know illness, you got holidays, you got conference play, all all happening at once. It has definitely been an interesting week, to say the least.
4: Yeah, and as we are doing this, we are witnessing Hawaii perhaps meltdown in this game against Pepperdine. It's a 19-5 to Pepperdine run, so boy, oh boy. And we have seen a lot of that this year, and that's a perfect jumping-off point. What have you made out of just so much variance this year in college basketball? Because it feels like, man, I've got a nice cruiser of a ticket here. I've got 40 points remaining on my total With six minutes remaining. There's no way this could ever go total. Or go over it goes over and then it's like oh team is up 20 i'm lying five i'm in really good shape when it's all said and done the game lands for what have you made out of all of this because it feels like it's happened more this year than ever before yeah there's
5: there's a lot of factors um i think we're seeing some pretty extreme shooting variants just in terms of like how crazy this year has been in in like general like if you zoom out to like the highs and the lows, the number of teams that are are ranking like really high on like metrics, inconsistency ratings. I I I would probably wager that this year's like average consistency is worse than years past. I just you can feel it, right? And and what I also think is is happening a lot with these teams is just that you aren't really sure what you're getting. There's some weird travel spots, uh, and it's hard to maybe know some of the situational basketball that. Uh, You're seeing, Uh, it's just, it's not easy to handle and you definitely need to understand that you're going to win some and lose some. You definitely need to take a look at box scores. I mean, you know, you might just choose the team that went two for 11 from behind the arc and the other team went six for, you know, 11 themselves. And it's just like, well, you know, I'm already down a good couple points on regression alone. and, And I try to look at games, the shot quality way, which is the average expectation rather than necessarily what happened on the box score. So it removes a little bit of the craziness, Uh, you know, things like San Francisco winning by like 30 on Arizona State. I mean, it, it's been nuts, but you got to be able to sort of take it with a grain of salt, know that they come and they go and try to win the games where you don't have that insanely good or insanely bad luck.
4: Absolutely. And that is always going to happen in basketball, in my opinion, more so than other sports. If you want a sport that really doesn't have luck. Going to weightlifting because you really don't have a lucky day or a lucky night when it comes to weightlifting. It's either you can lift it or you can't, but I invest that you're always going to get some of those good and bad breaks. So I think that that's very well said on that front end. We've really been seeing it here in this week in particular with the holidays coming up. We've seen a lot of these big giant underdogs being able to rise up. And how important do you think it is to take the human element into things? Thinking, man, for a lot of these favorites, are probably just playing out the string. Meanwhile, For a lot of these other lesser teams, I'm looking at you, Eastern Illinois, Northern Illinois, really, anyone outside of the Illinois fighting Illini in the state of Illinois, being able to rise up, being able to get these wins, and I feel like for these lesser teams, it's a motivational spot, and for a lot of these big favorites, they're just playing out the string trying to get home for the holidays.
5: Yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely a little bit uh, case dependent, right? When you have these, like, late in the schedule non-conference games, like a lot of these teams are finishing up their non-conference schedules if they're playing non-conference games. So uh, that's where maybe you see some of the liability on the favorite who's just, like, trying to get home with the win, maybe doesn't care so much about, you know, covering the spread, especially if they're at home and, like, you know, fans don't usually care about the spread. I don't know about the UNLV game uh, today, but... Uh, that's always an interesting crowd there with, uh, you know, like the, the backdrop, but nonetheless, I, I think that you just find yourself looking at these, these bigger favorites with a different light. I mean, I, I want to bet on Louisville tonight, you know, like that was a scary play. They lit up a 17, 0 run to NC state, but they still got it done because, you know, in, in conference play, you're getting like a whole different beast where teams know each other coaches understand the schemes. You know they've they've played this game a couple times. You know they travel to these stadiums differently, and 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 you just maybe need to take points a little bit more against these conference favorites, and then also like the non-conference favorites. We've seen dogs do really well. Uh, I've been trying to take points more and more this week. It hasn't been too rough, I'll tell you that one.
4: Yep, absolutely taking the underdogs, especially the big underdogs. Maybe they will come through, and sadly the. Loss I took with laying the points, with will tell you, was still not the worst one I've ever had. That okay. four overtime game that if you remember between McNeese State and Houston Christian, I had the under in that game. That is still going to be going down at like the Hall of Fame being like, yep, I missed by the most points in this one that I've ever missed a bet by. And it's one that at the very least, if you have a loser, you would rather be able to laugh and not have to sweat at all. I can tell you right now, I was not sweating that one for a second. So that made me feel I, a little know, bit better.
5: You know i think i think that there's always some merit to sweating um you know i feel like as long as when you're sweating your bet's still alive man that's 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 it that's it you know and i can uh i i enjoy it at some level i think you have to have that uh you know that willingness to sit there and understand the the rises and the falls and honestly i've had a little bit of a down year i mean you know i've had two really nice positive years and now my, my picks are kicking just above 50%. So hoping to get it right. It hasn't been easy, it, you know, really feeling the variance. But, you know, you're not going to have only up patches. I mean, it's part of gambling. If you ex- sit there and you expect to only win, I, I promise you, you're going to have some, uh, some bad times. You got to really be ready, understand that you can take those hits, and then just, you know, manage everything properly and uh, keep grinding away at what you think is the right way to do it. And, you know, so it's it's turning around a little bit, got to make sure that we we pay respect to shot quality, whose data has definitely helped, um, you know, maybe see through some of these biases, some of these like media narratives, you know, okay, Louisville, 17 and a half too big because everyone hates them or Marquette going into Providence and and getting like a, a slight favorite line, even though it's big, t- uh, big East conference play. And, you know, that was another double OT game. Hope you didn't have the under there, Greg, but you got to sort of start to understand how the media plays in now too, and what people are looking at and where the markets are maybe trying to, uh, I don't
4: know, get a few extra points. They shouldn't. That was a double-edged sword in that Providence versus Marquette game because I had Providence on the money line and I had the under. So, I mean, it was glorious to get that Providence money line. I realized, yep, my total is off. So, you know what? We'll just root on the Providence money line, take the split in this one, move on. Nothing too great, nothing too terrible. So, You know what? Those are the ones that I could certainly live with. And when it comes to what we're going to be seeing in the Diamond Egg Classic, what do you make out of a lot of these games and just attacking the line? Because what is very unique about a lot of these tournaments is that we're seeing DraftKings starting to post up a few openers, but a lot of books, they are not going to be hanging a line until the very early a.m. And I think that if you're up at like 5 a.m. Pacific, 8 a.m. Eastern, you're going to be able to get some really good numbers on these games.
5: Yeah. Well, lucky for me, I wake up right around 6 37 AM Eastern. So I should hopefully be, uh, in, in a good spot here. Um, look, the bracket for this is, is fascinating. I'm really excited about a couple of these matchups that we're going to be able to get, uh, saw a couple of these games go a pretty interesting way to start, right? I mean, SMU getting that win, uh, over Iona was, uh, pretty interesting, pretty interesting for sure. I I'm definitely looking uh, the only line I really like for tomorrow right now is, I think, taking George Mason over Coppin State. And and that's the exact same thing I was talking about, like just making sure that you understand Coppin's coming off of this James Madison win. Uh, a lot of people are going to be looking at him. Shot quality graded that as a pretty big loss for uh, for Coppin. Probably shouldn't have gotten to overtime. They played really well, hit some really tough shots. It's going to be hard to do that again. So I'm, I'm looking to fade him. I know there might be a trendy pick, but I, I just, I think that's exactly when you want to go against it. Just grit your teeth and be like, all right, they're good. They got it done. Uh, they beat a really, really offensively strong James Madison University, but they, they could still have some trouble here, maybe trying to do it again.
4: And my question for you on this, we've got about 30 seconds. You like the over in this game? Because I just take a look at compensate. They've been running it and gunning it and they played no defense at all
5: yeah you know the line's coming in pretty high i think opening around 147 and a half i think that's pretty fair Uh, i wouldn't really make a play for the under i understand it but it's probably a a pretty good line within a point or two right now in my opinion
4: yeah because i just take a look at this compensate team and man they're giving up about 87 points per game so i could see this one getting a little bit out of hand and if there is a blowout like you expect as we know that could turn into open gym and you get a whole bunch of points there and well, there's probably not going to be a lot of points scored in the NFL this week with the elements, and we're going to be talking about those games with Justin Perry over at Chalk Quality Bets next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're
2: experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Place up your cleats with BetRivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it is college bowl season. Log in to BetRivers every single game day and you'll receive a bet on behalf of BetRivers when you place a wager of at least $25. BetRivers has the latest lines, odds, and boosts to be able to create the perfect college game day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIM, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by Justin Perry over there at Shot Quality Bets. Does a great job with college basketball. He also does a great job with baseball as well. And as we know, he does some work with the NFL as well. And Justin, when it comes to this card, what do you make out of all these very, very low totals that we're seeing? Because I know that there are some folks that you can take a look at and it's either just play all the unders or maybe we've went a little bit too far. Where do you stand on this? Because I think that it's just such an interesting ordeal. We never really see this many totals that are south of 36.
5: Right. Yeah. I mean, even south of 40. But yeah, I mean, Saints Browns coming in at 32 is, I mean, and what we have, uh, Falcons Ravens sitting out 34 and a half. So some very, very low totals. Uh, I, I tend to be one who, who tries to like buck the trend a little bit, uh, just in general, how I think about it. Like if we're seeing those numbers, it, it does take a lot. Uh, for teams not to score 17 each. The NFL does have like a lot of exlo- uh, explosive players. And uh, look, even though it's going to be gross, that still means touches for running backs. It means, you know, maybe a couple missed tackles. I, I'm not really diving into any of these like low totals as like a, oh, well, that's an, a lock on the over. I mean, I don't know who on the Saints and the Browns is really even going to score given the talent that's going to be on the field. So I do understand why these totals are low. Uh, I, I just probably would, you know, assume that, you know, they're trying to get people to sort of play into that weather narrative a little bit. And I'm, I'm not really one to go after the totals. I've always been a spread better for the NFL. It's been a little bit easier. The only total that I actually do like to go to, and we do have a case of it today is, is Cowboys at home. Uh, I know this one's already really high 46 and a half. Um, and even, even without, uh, Jalen hurts. I just, I think that these teams are going to run the score up um, maybe even uh, higher than we expect everything. It's just a trend. You should be probably playing over the last couple of years Is Cowboys at home over been very, very profitable, uh, especially their team total. I, I do expect the Cowboys to get to the number. This has been a fascinating one, right? I mean, this one was what, like two and a half points hurts gets hurt goes to like six. Now it's four and a half. So Uh, People definitely believe in Gardner Minshew. It's going to be maybe one of the most interesting games on the uh, slate, even though it doesn't really mean much for the Eagles.
4: Yeah, but I do think that it's such a fascinating game to take a look at because on top of that, you've got yourself a Dallas Cowboys team that has really not been playing well on defense at all. What do you make out of the spread in this game? Because I do think that for the Eagles, I don't know if I like them outright, but this feels like it could be a field goal game, even with Gardner Minchu, I do think is one of the better backups in the NFL. Yeah,
5: I, I tend to agree with you. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to get this line at like minus two and a half, and then I hit it again at plus six when everyone was reacting. Um, so I'm sitting on a middle this week. I'm really not mad about it, um, especially that that size in the NFL. It's, it's kind of hard to get one of those. So pretty cool. Um, you know, I honestly like someone in our, our gambling chat was like shouting from the rooftops about Hertz being out about like 10 minutes before it like hit fantasy pros or something. So that was pretty cool. You always need one of those on the inside. Um, (laughs) But no, uh, I I think that uh, this is going to be a, an interesting battle where you could easily see the Eagles still get it done. I have not been impressed with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that You know, they might be sliding a little bit. It is a long season. There's a lot to get done. I think a lot of expectations are that they're just gonna cruise and you gotta be careful that getting into your locker room, getting into the team mentality, and then that gives the Eagles an opportunity to come out, stay prepared. Still the Cowboys, they hate each other. Even at, you know, thirteen and one, they do not wanna hand the Cowboys an extra win. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's starting. So uh look, could you maybe see a Antonio Brown take a seat if they're getting blown out at the end of the game? Yeah, sure. But I still expect it to be competitive. I don't hate taking the points. Uh getting more than a field goal in a divisional battle is never a bad idea.
4: Yep. I agree with you there. I do think that the Cowboys they are going to be able to win this game outright, get some revenge and I know that for Micah Parsons, he might be a little bit frustrated that he can't stick it to Jalen Hurts here. But I'm sure that the Cowboys will take a win in any way that they can get one at this point, trying to stay alive for the division. And this is another game that I find to be very fascinating because we saw the Bengals in a very similar circumstance last week. The Bengals, they're on the road. They're a three-point favorite against a team that Tom Brady used to quarterback. They were going up against Tom Brady last week. Now they're going up against the New England Patriots. Any sort of a lean here? Because I feel like a lot of these numbers have been coming in low on the Cincinnati Bengals. Like last week, I thought it was a little bit more egregious than this week because I just had no faith in the Bucks whatsoever. I said, you know what? It's the easiest play on the board. I'm probably a sucker for taking it, but I'm going (laughs) to take it anyway. First half looked awful. Second half came out smelling like a rose. Any sort of a lean on this game? Because I still feel like the Bengals are being undervalued in the market. I would happen to agree with you. Uh, This
5: has been a very effective team against the spread for quite a while now. And, and they just look, Joe Burrow is a bad man. I am a big Joe Burrow believer. I like the way he plays. I think he is sharp in terms of his decision-making. He does not open his team up to a lot of those potentials uh, for, you know, uh, short field scenarios against Um, he isn't exactly the most interception prone. And of course he has like, one of the best onslaughts of weapons in the NFL, for sure. Joe Mixon, uh, what they've been able to do in the ground game this season is definitely noteworthy. It has been able to open up Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Uh, they both had great seasons, uh, Burrow, as well. So I, I like it. Look, only a field goal. I, I understand it's the end of the year. You know, there's a lot of, uh, like, you know, hard to predict. Uh, and, and on the road against the Patriots team, that, probably is going to come out with a lot of determination, but, but that said, I don't think that they're that much better. I mean, this is, this is kind of saying that like, you know, this is less than a touchdown on a neutral field. I I don't know. I don't know about that. So yeah, I, I lean Bengals. I think the market is still a little bit against them, Um, but it's definitely a tricky game going into Foxborough. It's going to be a little chilly this weekend, man. It's going to be a test for Joe Burrow to see if he can handle that winter weather.
4: And when it comes to the NFL, something that I was talking about a bit earlier is that it's important to take a look at a lot of these splits rather than taking a look at the season long numbers. Like if you took a look at the Jags and I should have bet on the Jags, I was a moron and I believed in the Jets being at home thinking that we would get some weather. But if you look at the Jags and the recent splits with Trevor Lawrence, he's been playing really well. and. Take a look at the splits of the Detroit Lions, and they have been playing some incredible football. As we know, they were dealing with the injuries to DeAndre Swift and company. If you throw those numbers out the window, it's a pretty impressive team. And now they go on the road against the Carolina Panthers bunch that I don't think they have the talent of the Lions, but they're certainly fighting hard for their coach and Steve Wilkes. And you got a spread of two and a half with the Lions being the favorite. What do you make out of this game? Because I've yet to do anything with it. I've been impressed by the Lions. I'm thinking that under a field goal is appealing, but at the same time, this Carolina Panthers team has a way of just messing things up and being very pesky, even though I feel like they should be outgunned.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Lions might be due for a a bad game. Uh, it's tough. The Lions, I, I believe they're undefeated against the spread after a win, uh, and they did win. So they are sitting on a pretty strong 6-0 and trend uh, but at the other level, you know they have been a lot better at home. Uh, it has been a little bit tougher for them on the road. I don't know if if this Panthers team is exactly the type of team that's like, oh, I can trust them on their home field. Like they've been like a good defender of home. But uh, this is this is one that I feel is definitely in the air. I like taking the the home points against the Lions, who have not exactly uh been the best away road team um still pretty good though look they, they've had a great season against the spread but i think that's part of why um they're they're probably gonna lose there there is a lot of like respect for them now in the market people are talking about them people are like oh this is one of the better Lions seasons in a while they're sitting at seven and seven they've won a bunch of games in a row i think it's a pretty good time for them to go on the road they're probably really happy with how everything's been they've been winning at home too yeah, I, I think getting less, getting like the extra plus two and a half for the home team here at the end of the season in a game, they probably don't want to lose to the Lions. Uh, I like it. I think, I think the
4: Panthers probably get this done plus two and a half. And we've got about 45 seconds here. Is there anything else on the board that we haven't hit upon that you're really looking at and you like?
5: Oh man. I mean, I feel like it's a, tough a crazy board. person. Yeah, it is a really, really tough board. Looking at all this stuff, I think that, like, the Texans and the Titans game, you kind of got to look into a little bit. Uh, Tennessee minus three is probably a little bit too small, given that the Titans have done some really good work against this team. Uh, I, I would look there. I like the AFC South has been a mess, but this is probably a pretty good spot. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. But Houston is definitely prone for a letdown on the road here uh, in, in Nashville.
4: Yeah, it's a tough card, but I know that you're doing a great job of taking a look at that and everything in college basketball. Justin, really appreciate the time tonight. Thank you. Oh, uh, Always a pleasure. Have a good one, Greg. And we're going to keep the NFL conversation going on next as I take a look at the Circa Millions card, and I try to narrow it down to five. Next here on Beeson the sports Bank Network.
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
2: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever
3: And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VCN, the sports betting network.
4: VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. And if you become a VSIN Pro subscriber for just $79, you're going to get everything that we do all the way through the big dance. Sign up today, and you'll also receive $20 to buy VSIN Sports Betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers. Get access to everything that we do with regards to top plays, made by Visa show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits to see where all the money and the bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, plus our ongoing College Bowl coverage with best bets on every single bowl game. This is a limited time offer, so sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get vsim Pro access all the way through the end of March Madness at visa.com/slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. And that's a great tool for some college football. I just frankly do not have a lot in terms of these college football bowl games, but I know that the good folks over there on our Visa website, visa.com slash subscribe. They've got you guys covered there. And Justin Perry had us covered the last two segments, taking a look at some college basketball and some football. And we're gonna take a little bit of a look at college basketball in hour number three. Hopefully we could get perhaps a few openers on the game that just went final as Hawaii was able to take down Pepperdine. Got very sweaty on the spread. Hawaii was able to get there, but that was a four-point game with about 15 seconds left. Hawaii figuratively and literally very nearly threw away the cover in that one. And total, that does go over. So we've got you guys covered there. And now we've got to take a look at my circummillions Millions card. We're going to be doing this, this segment. And it might take me into next segment. I don't know if I'm going to be able to narrow it down to five or not. Typically, I'm able to do it. Just nice Clean and easily in one segment, but this is one of the toughest cards that we've seen in quite some time. And with just all the weather that is going to be coming about, it makes things very, very difficult. Obviously, I'm not going to be taking a look at the Jaguars and the Jets. That is a game that's already happened. If they let me retroactively pick it, I would certainly love to be able to take the Jags, but I don't think that they are going to allow that. But I do take a look at these games, and the one for sure that I'm crossing out is just Bucks versus Cardinals. This is just a rock and hard place game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done absolutely nothing to show you that you want to be betting your money on them. And with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they don't have miracle drives at the end of that Rams game and that Saints game, the Buccaneers are right now pretty much out of the playoffs and they would not be leading their division. This is a Buccaneers team that is so untrustworthy. If I really, really, really had to take it, honestly, I'd take Trace McSorley, which That is not a place where I want to be either. So that is one where you just take a look and you're like, yeah, we've got five that we must pick. This is not going to be one of them. I also don't want any part of the Chiefs versus the Seahawks. And if anything, I'd probably take the points with the Seahawks just because the Chiefs have a very long history of not being able to cover these big numbers. I have been a sucker for taking the Seahawks a little bit too much this season. I was very enamored with them towards the beginning part of the season. And it's going well in the beginning part of the season. Hasn't been going well right now. I believe that they have now failed to cover five straight games. But with the Chiefs, we very nearly saw them lose outright as a multi-touchdown favorite against the Houston Texans as well. So that's a little bit of a difficult one as well. That is one that I want absolutely no part of. Now, we were talking about this game with Justin Perry. We've got the Eagles and the Cowboys. Contest line is 5.5. Right now, real lifeline is more around four and a half in a lot of spots. Four and a half, five and a half, this is just really, I mean, the difference between four and a half and five and a half, it just is not there. It could come into play, but you don't see a lot of games land five in the NFL. And if you do, you've got yourself a very rare circumstance. But with five and a half, I'm willing to take it with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is one that I'm very much leaning towards on my card. I just take a look at Gardner Minshew and what he was able to do a few seasons ago. He was rock solid for that Jacksonville Jaguars team. He's deemed as one of the better, he's deemed as one of the better backups in the NFL. And here's just a little bit of a human element angle because we are able to take a look at the advanced numbers. We're able to dive in left and right as to how the Dallas Cowboys are playing and the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is one that my producer, Jason Kahn, talked to me about. And typically I would not necessarily look as much into these, but I do think that warrants merit in this spot. As we know. Very unfortunately, Mike Leach passed away a few weeks ago, and that guy was just very, very entertaining. You know who did the eulogy for Mike Leach? Gardner Minshew. Do you think that Gardner Minshew might actually step up? And, I mean, wouldn't it be just poetic if Gardner Minshew goes out there, throws like five touchdowns, they light up the Dallas Cowboys, they're able to get a big win, they're able to sew things up. Gardner Minshew... Then from there, just has a second stanza on his career, becomes a starting quarterback. Wouldn't that just be textbook, Hollywood, everything like that? It would be a good feel-good story. We've seen it in the past. I still recall the game many years ago where, because I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, Brett Favre lost his father a few days before that game against the Oakland Raiders. I still consider that to be one of his greatest performances ever. He completely lit the Oakland Raiders ablaze on Monday Night Football. That was a signature moment in his career. I think there might be a little bit of something to it. Maybe I'm just a sucker for a really good story, but I do think that Gardner Minshew has the ability to be able to do so because, I mean, it's one thing to have the good storybook out there and to have that good story, but, I mean, if you had Greg Peterson trying to be able to fulfill it, well, good luck there. You're going to have Greg Peterson looking maybe not as bad as Zach Wilson. I think I might be able to outperform Zach Wilson, but I'm not able to perform anyone else in the NFL. Maybe Nate Peterman as well. I might be on the level of Nate Peterman, but ugh, boy, the rest of the NFL, not so much. But I do think that Gardner Minshew has a chance to be able to step up. You still have a really good running game. You still have all those weapons on defense. You still have all those weapons to throw to on the offense. And and Gardner Minshew did not have those sort of weapons when he was playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is a Dallas Cowboys defense that, I mean, for much of the season, it's looked very good. Recently, not so great. So that is something to take a look at. If this number were three, I would take it all day long. Three and a half with the Titans, it's a little bit tougher. It's one that still might make my card, but it's a tricky part of taking a look at this contest because right now in real life, the Titans, they're a three-point favorite in most spots against the Houston Texans. On the contest line, it's three and a half. At three, I would be in on the Titans because with the Titans, they're going to be starting Malik Wilson and Malik Willis. And with Malik Willis, I recognize He's not a quarterback that is lighting the world on fire. And I mean, the last time we saw him against the Kansas City Chiefs, the team very nearly won the game outright, despite the fact that Willis, I think he completed five passes in that game. And if you take a look at Derrick Henry's numbers, the last four times he has faced off against the Houston Texans, he's run for over 200 yards in every one of them. Now, he's not coming in in the world's greatest form. I am starting to question whether or not there might be some underlying injury that we don't know about. But when it comes to Derrick Henry, just like Aaron Rodgers owns the great. Oh, Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. He does not own the Green Bay Packers. Nobody owns the Green Bay Packers. That is going to be always with the city, at least if better. But, I mean, in terms of Derrick Henry, he owns the Texans the way that Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. Every time the Texans face them, they get steamrolled, figuratively and literally. This is another game with a super low total. You're going to have the elements in play. And you know what? If I'm trusting in a ground game, I'm going to be trusting in the Tennessee Titans at three and a half. It's a little bit questionable. I'll certainly pull the trigger in terms of a real life bet at three at three and a half. It's one that I'm considering. This one is certainly going to be making my card. The Bengals laying three points against the new England Patriots on the road. We were talking about this game with Justin Perry. I absolutely love what the Cincinnati Bengals team has been able to show. And they were in the same spot last week. Now that first half was not so savory for the Cincinnati Bengals That second half. They were absolutely terrific, and Joe Burrow, in my opinion, deserves a little bit of credence to be able to win the MVP award because, obviously, with the Jalen Hurts injury, that diminishes the value a little bit, but even before the Hurts injury, I felt like Joe Burrow was really rising up, and keep in mind, with Joe Burrow, he was playing after having his appendix taken out towards the beginning part of the season. That's part of the reason why he looked so pedestrian at the beginning part of the season. Now that he's firing all cylinders... I think that there's a real chance that he could be able to overtake Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is minus 2,000, but, I mean, if Joe Burrow comes out, he's able to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to a trio of wins. He plays well. I mean, couldn't you see a scenario in which Joe Burrow wins this award? He was playing without Jamar Chase for much of the season as well. This is a Bengals team that ever since going 0-2, they are 10-2. They are the hottest team in the NFL right now, and they're going up against the Patriots team. that I know that they're disciplined. I know that they've got... Their coach in Bill Belichick, who is going to do everything possible to be able to have them flush out of what we saw. They don't have Tom Brady to be able to rally the troops in this spot. And after the heartbreaking end that we saw to that Raiders game, because they should have never been in the lateral play to start with, because that touchdown should have never held up to begin with. And I'm sure that that's in the back of players' minds. And then you have pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo go the exact wrong way for that team you got to wonder if that's just a deflator on the Patriots season. Maybe they come out. Maybe they're motivated. It's an on to Cincinnati sort of ordeal for them. And, well, they literally are on to Cincinnati in this case. But I question that. I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Bengals. And, well, I told you we might have a tough time getting through this in just this segment. We're going to be continuing to take a look at my Circa Millions card in the next hour. But I do want to give you guys a pro tip first. Beeson.com slash subscribe for all of these. When it comes to holiday week in terms of college basketball underdogs have a little bit more value they're seeing a prime opportunity to knock off a favorite the favorites they're a little bit tired they're looking to just get home for the holidays and we're looking to get home on some nfl bets we're going to continue to take a look at my circle millions card next here on vson v sports bank